0: On this edition of the Iowa Business Report.
1: We've seen some neat collaborations between different industries and different communities that probably wouldn't have happened otherwise.
0: Education continues throughout one's life and career. Hear about a continuum focused on business education. Also, the new USMCA is close to being implemented, but what specifically will it do? And in our profile segment, Meet a family-owned company giving new meaning to efficiency in supply chains. This is the Iowa Business Report for the third weekend of February 2020.
2: The Iowa Business Report is presented with support from the Iowa Association of Business and Industry. The Iowa Association of Business and Industry has been the voice of Iowa business since 1903. Learn more online at iowaabi.org. Here is Jeff Stein.
0: We're long past the days where a person's education ended when they accepted a high school or college diploma. Integrating various aspects of professional development through a person's lifetime is one of the roles of the Iowa Association of Business and Industry Foundation. I learned more when I talked recently with Jesse McQuarrie director of programs for the foundation.
1: The Iowa Association of Business and Industry Foundation actually began in 1984. So uh, we were created at the time to manage our two flagship programs. One was Leadership Iowa, that had already been created in 82, and the second was Business Horizons, our high school program uh, that was created a year later and really what we had set out to do at that time or what our leadership had set out to do at that time was to bring together individuals all across the state from all different industries and really foster that leadership in Iowa and also take a look at some ways that these leaders can continue to be involved in their communities and help Iowa grow and move forward so it was very educational it's very experiential so we're able to bring people together and really foster that that growth in the state and doing that through our individual leaders who are already leaders in their communities but helping nudge them forward a little bit a little bit further
0: i want to talk about how things have evolved since that Mm -hmm. early day But let's talk first about the concept of leadership and developing leaders. It is much more than going to a seminar. It is much more than going to a multi-week series of experiences. You're talking about refining qualities, are you not, that these people already have that perhaps it helps them be an even better form of themselves? Is that fair?
1: Yes, what we're hoping to do is take these leaders in their communities, these are already the people who are raising their hands and stepping up and solving issues and needs within their communities and bringing them together and giving them a sense of what is happening across the state and what are those resources and tools that they can use to then go back and continue their work in their communities.
0: The concept being they've already demonstrated a certain proficiency and interest and skill set, and this is a way, and I know from seeing some of these folks interact with each other at various events, this gives them, I don't want to say a support system per se, but it does give them people with like experiences across the state where they can bounce ideas off one another, they can make connections as necessary for personal development but also business. So there really is a networking, and that's kind of a 90s phrase, but there's a networking aspect that can't be understated.
1: Networking is spot on. It is one of the greatest benefits of Leadership Iowa is bringing these 40 very diverse individuals. Um, When we're selecting leaders to go through this program, we're looking at... Uh, an array of people from different backgrounds and industries and regions in the state because we want to bring all of these people to one place so that they're able to learn and take in all of the different information and what's happening across the state, and then go back into their communities. Meanwhile, that is creating that interconnected network across Iowa and allowing them 40 new friends and individuals that they can call on and rely on. And we've had a lot of great success with that over the years as well, where um, we've seen some neat collaborations between different industries and different communities. And that probably wouldn't have happened otherwise had Leadership Iowa not been involved.
0: Now, that's obviously for the professionals. You also mentioned something for the high school students that was in place when the foundation began. What's the rationale behind getting younger people in high school involved in a program like Business Horizons?
1: So at the time when the program was created, it, we saw a need for younger people to experience what business was like, what the role of business was in the economy, um, that competition between business wasn't a negative thing, it was something that we could learn from. And now over time, that program and has really evolved to what does our workforce need today. So the soft skills, communication skills, leadership development, all of that is wrapped into business horizons as well as the idea of entrepreneurship and that it may not be as scary as what some students might think at this point, but that it is possible that there is a a business opportunity for everyone across the state uh, regardless of what Um, industry that they decide to go into that all of these business skills are very necessary and very needed in the workforce being able to problem-solve quickly and work within a team And um, that's really what we're setting out to do with Business Horizons is preparing those students for the next step and doing so earlier and earlier before they get into college and they're um, being pushed in different directions to try and figure out what they want to major in. Um, We're hoping to give them that experience a little bit earlier.
0: That's such an excellent point because by the time you get to college, you're sort of focused on a certain track toward completion. And, of course, the ever-present student loan dollars. And so there's the incentive to just plow that row and get down to the end. And I suppose also for the high school students, if they have an entrepreneurial spirit, well, they first have to know what it takes to do it. And beyond that, I suppose it's a matter for them to understand, too, why some of the classes they take in high school or later in college are necessary. We've all had classes where we say, I'm never going to use this this may give them a sense of why they're going to use it
1: absolutely this is what we we do work hand in hand with educators across the state and we do have a lot of really great partners in high schools who are saying our students are learning something in a classroom and we want them to apply it and education today is doing is really has a lot of great initiatives taking place between the Clearinghouse and Future Ready Iowa initiatives and so we just really want to do our part to add to those initiatives through Business Horizons as well.
0: Jesse McQueary is director of programs for the Iowa Association of Business and Industry Foundation. Hear more about Business Horizons for high school students, Leadership Iowa University for college students, and Leadership Iowa for Professionals. By listening to the full conversation online, it's one of our IBR Extra podcasts. And learn more by going to iowaabi.org. Still to come, how the new NAFTA replacement will help Iowa manufacturing and agribusiness. And you'll learn about a global manufacturer with multiple Iowa locations. You're listening to the Iowa Business Report.
2: The Iowa Business Report is a copyrighted production of Totally Iowa Media, which is solely responsible for its content. For more, click on the radio programs button at totallyiowa.com.
0: With several Iowa elected officials in attendance, President Trump last month signed the United States-Mexico-Canada Agreement, a replacement for the old North American Free Trade Agreement, or NAFTA. Now, while we've heard a lot about USMCA over the past year and a half, many don't know specifically how things will be different. I spoke with USDA Undersecretary Greg Ibaugh just moments after the president signed the agreement last month.
3: Of course, for agriculture specifically, we're going to see Canada eliminate their Class 6 and 7 dairy pricing mechanisms that they had in place which uh, were prejudicial to U.S. dairy products moving uh, north into Canada, uh, made us uncompetitive. That damaged those Great Lakes states and upper Midwest states, and being able to send uh, uh, large uh, portions of uh, what they were customarily sending into that marketplace stopped, and so it damaged prices, and we've seen the ripple effect across uh, those Great Lakes states and upper Midwest states, and uh, and actually across the nation as well. We're also going to see greater access for poultry and egg producers. And so for Iowa, that's uh, very much of interest to them. And for wheat and wine, we see uh, a, a reduction in some of the preferential treatments that Canada was giving their own production as opposed to how they were discriminating against our wheat uh, moving north and our wine, uh, how they were featured in their, their stores. And then on the manufacturing side, uh, USMCA uh, is expected to create between 200 and maybe as many as a half a million new jobs, 200,000 to a half a million new jobs. And so. Uh, You know, those are some great opportunities across our country, but again, most of those jobs will probably be focused in those states that border Canada that have uh, better access to moving goods and services back and forth across that international border.
0: Greg Ibaugh, Undersecretary at the U.S. Department of Agriculture. Up next, an Iowa business created out of a need to help other businesses. You're listening to the Iowa Business Report.
2: The Iowa Business Report is presented with support from the Iowa Association of Business and Industry, helping develop the next generation of business leaders through Leadership Iowa, Business Horizons, and Leadership Iowa University. To learn more, go to iowaabi.org.
0: In this week's profile segment, Meet Brent Cobb, CEO of World Class Industries, headquartered in Hiawatha in Linn County, a company that quickly lived up to its name in a variety of ways.
4: Our basic business here is we're contract assemblers, working mostly with off-road equipment manufacturers, John Deere, Caterpillar, Bobcat, Case New Holland, so things that uh, they don't want, want to do or they have a strategy not to do inside uh, their factories or other parts of their supply chain we, we uh, take on. So we buy bill of materials, we buy component parts from uh, several thousand different suppliers, uh, bring those parts into one of our eight facilities, put those together using fixtures and processes we've developed here in-house, and then uh, typically deliver those just in time to their factory locations or parts depots.
0: Where is the efficiency for the company as opposed to doing all of this in-house? What are you able to offer that is a benefit then to that manufacturer? Yeah,
4: so a lot of it is complexity. And so when a customer goes to buy these these sorts of high-dollar complex pieces of equipment, there's lots of different option packages and configurations that a customer can, can choose from. And so most of our customers have made a decision that they want to buy a little bit higher on the what we would call the bomb level or build materials level, uh, so that they can reduce the complexity in their own factory so that they don't have to uh, support that complexity with either
0: additional space or additional overhead and you're able to make it efficient how because you can convert existing space quickly for the need of another client or where is it that it what how does it work for you yeah
4: so i think i think the efficiency that 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 we provide for them comes in a couple of different ways one is uh, we feel like we're we're uh, commodity experts in certain areas and so you know for us really specializing or zeroing in on certain types of assemblies gives us an advantage and then two we're able to, to share some of the capacity across different customers. And so as a particular customer flexes their schedule up and down, it could be offset to some degree by, by other customers'
0: schedules. So how did this idea start? How yeah. did world-class industry start? And why Hiawatha?
4: So really by happen chance. So my father, Pat, was involved in a predecessor company. And, and one of their lines of business was they were manufacturer representatives and they represented a uh, fabricated tube company that was in Indiana and uh, at the time they were, were selling an, uh, quite a few fabricated tubes into uh, a John Deere location in the Quad Cities. And so this is in the, in the mid 80s and those set of tubes were put into a, a bundle and then put on the final assembly uh, for, a, for a combine. And the sub-assembly kind of offline process was always kind of burdensome for the the factory because the parts came in these large, kind of coffin-sized boxes that they had draped over, you know, a couple thousand square feet. And they had, it was always, it was like a person and a half's work and they never were quite in sync with the final assembly line. And so they uh, often had to do Uh, uh, overtime in the area and they had to bring in a a supervisor to to run the overtime and it was just a really a big headache for uh, the the customer and so originally the plan was to to move this work to this fabricated tube supplier in indiana and they did a lot of work to change engineering specs and and develop a fixture at this at this supplier and then at the last uh, moment the, the logistics people, probably in 1985, they are called the traffic people, mm-hmm. f- figured out that moving all these assembled parts in from Indiana was gonna create as much cost as they thought they were saving by moving it out of the facility. And so several folks kind of around a table uh, suggested, well, you know, Pat, my, my father, you've got a, a factory you know right down the road here. This isn't all that complicated. Why don't you guys go ahead and, and do this? We'll, we'll provide the uh, the fixture that's been developed. You need to go and, and maybe hire a person or two to, to do this. But, you know, the, the best solution is for that to get done closer to
0: the customer. Because the transportation is yes. much less because of where you were located correct. at that point. Correct, yep, correct, yep. So. And I suppose when that model worked efficiently, the light bulb went off that if it worked for this manufacturer customer, there are a myriad of ones you could, if you will, yes. job out to.
4: Correct. Yep. So it wasn't it wasn't too long. My, my dad's a very good uh, salesperson, and so the light yeah immediately went off that hey, if this is a need at one one of my customers, it's probably a need at at other customers, and so he kind of went on that uh, missionary sales effort of of convincing people that hey, this is this is something that you should look at, and uh, you know, one became two, and two became four, and and uh, lo and behold, it's you know become a, a pretty nice standalone business, and we're operating out of uh, eight different locations in the in the Midwest, one in the Southeast, and one in in
0: Germany. So I was going to so say it worked out and went global. Yes, yes, yes. So where are you located in the U.S.?
4: In the U.S., we have uh, these two locations in Hiawatha. We have a location in uh, Cedar Falls, one in Des Moines, one in East Moline, Illinois, one in Crystal Lake, Illinois, one in Augusta, Georgia,
0: and one in Kaiserslautern, Germany. When you go to your website and it says who we are, what we do, you see the phrase supply chain all the time. Yes, I'm not sure that's a term that is in as common parlance as as might otherwise be the case. What you're talking about is... Part of the chain of production, and you're providing a certain part along the line, as opposed to it being linear within one facility.
4: Correct. Yeah. So I think the trend has certainly been, you know, specialization. Mm-hmm. The level of complexity in in the vehicles that our customers produce has has grown uh, real substantially in the last 20 years, and so that's really lent itself for different portions of the of the supply chain or the component makers that support that that vehicle to uh, to get more and more specialized. At least that's the trend that we've seen.
0: What was it that interested you about the business that your father started and how did you work out the succession? Sure. Because he's still the chairman, is he not? He is, yes. Yes,
4: yeah, so I think it, for him, it was never, or well, for me, it was never a situation where he felt that it was something I needed to do. It was something that we talked about the business a lot it was you know there were some kind of critical parts of the uh, you know kind of the time frame of the business that you know lots of dialogue around but I would say coming out of college I really didn't have a lot of, of interest in the in the business specifically and the, at that time the business was much more focused in this sales agency or manufacturers uh, rep business and in a couple of other uh, areas and it was it was only after I got out of college, worked up in the Twin Cities at a, at a, at a different company for a couple years that really the momentum around the what we call our assembly manufacturing services or component assembly part of the business really took off to the point that uh, it really interested me. And, and for me, it was just kind of figuring out how far that, that part of the business could go. So it was the first couple of assemblies. They had gotten up to maybe a couple dozen assemblies, but it was pretty clear that the business model they were developing had, had some legs, and uh, it was really, you know, truly exciting for me to see an opportunity where I could
0: participate in that expansion of the, of the business. In some family-owned companies, there was a requirement you have to work somewhere else yes. if you even want to come back here. Yeah. And as you tell the story, you worked elsewhere yeah. and then truly were able to appreciate how you could fit into this, having seen how it is on the outside. Yes. That distance combined with the familiarity really is an important tandem, is it not? I,
4: I would definitely agree with that. I think you can get too close to a business and not truly appreciate uh, some of the the factors in your own kind of backyard or your own, your own, your own business. And so I think I think that's really important to go and work somewhere else work for somebody else and you know there's there's positives and negatives in 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 different situations and i think that experience outside the business gives you you know much greater perspective than you would have just coming right into a family business right after high school or college and and so i certainly was helpful for me certainly something that i i recommend to to other family businesses
0: Brent Cobb, CEO of World Class Industries. We talked earlier this week at their new facility, one of two they have in Hiawatha. You can learn more by going to their website, worldclassind.com. And that brings us to the close of this week's program. Next week, we'll hear about proposals for changes in Iowa's tax system and how they'll benefit workers and the businesses that employ them. That and more next week at this same time. In the meantime, you can listen to all or part of today's program by going to totallyiowa.com and clicking on the radio programs link. I'm Jeff Stein. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you have a prosperous week.
2: The Iowa Business Report is presented with support from the Iowa Association of Business and Industry, sponsors of the Taking Care of Business Conference in Cedar Rapids in June. Follow ABI on Twitter at IowaABI and online at IowaABI.org.